So welcome to episode two of Grow With Joe with Scott Gibson here. He works in recruitment, but I'll let, you tell, I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and just give us a brief backstory on kind of where you started, obviously when we met each other kind of nine, 10 years ago, and then where you're at now. Okay, so um, my name's Scott. I run an IT recruitment company in Cambridge. I've been doing that for about five years now. Um, prior to that, I worked in recruitment for other companies. I worked internal for a tech startup. Um, before that, I did some other things like like property management, some other jobs that weren't as good. Um, but I guess the way we met was through the gym and fitness yeah. and things like that. So um, yeah, going from benching to trying to do businesses, so <laughs> bit of a change. What made you want to start your own business? Were you kind of working in recruitment and thought, you know what, I can do this better? Well, the funny thing is, I've never actually wanted to do my own business. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most people don't know that, right? Most people think if you go and do a business, it's because that's what you want to do. So when I was kind of growing up and stuff, I always said to myself, I didn't want to do like a cold calling job. Mm. So you know, people call you like five o'clock yeah. when you have your dinner. And I'm like, oh my God, what a horrible job. Yeah. I'd never want to do that. Um, and then fast forward, it turns out that's something I'm actually really good at. <laughs> so there's an irony there, right? So, yeah. um, you know, you're doing that and then, you know, you progress and you you go and do different jobs and stuff and then you see the stuff that people do wrong and you're like, mm. oh, that's, that's so stupid, I can improve on it. Mm. You know, being naive, you make the suggestions, you know, why can't we do this? And they're mm. like, oh, well, because of some, you know, stupid mm. reason why you can't. And then you get to a point where you go, actually, I'm going to do this myself. Yeah. Um, because you see how bad other people are doing things. You go, I can do this better myself. Mm. Um, so that's how I ended up where I am, which is it's ironic because it's something yeah. that, you know, I never really wanted to do. So that's yeah. that's where we are now. There is quite a lot of irony in that. And it's interesting you say, you touch on about how it came about. Because I remember, I obviously started in fitness, which is how we met. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing, working at a very, very big name gym. And th and I was, I was one of the worst trainers there. I had the least yeah. amount of sessions and I just couldn't get on with the system yeah. there. And I thought this can't be the only way. And then I set up obviously my company and then it's yeah. just exploded from there. And it is sometimes you do just bang your head against the wall of having mm. these ideas and you have this burning desire of it can't be just like that. There has to be another way. Yeah. And it's um, interesting to see you've built on that. Yeah. When, you know, when you're at someone else's company or, you know, at a large organization or whatever it is, you're in their construct, right? Mm. You're in their box mm. um, and they don't want you to go outside of that box. So you can have all these great ideas and stuff like that. Um, and every now and then someone that's like a senior management or someone that's more senior than you, they're going to go, that is a good idea, I'm going to take that. Mm. They take that and they present to someone and they go, oh, well, that was my idea. And they get the bonus, the recognition, mm. the promotions and all that kind of stuff. While you're sitting there going like, oh, this is a waste of time. So all it does is just to dishearten you even further. Yeah. Um, but without having, I guess, some you know real desire or real motivation, mm. you're never really going to want to want to move. Um, mm. You're just this person that's stuck there with a load of good ideas, who's pissed off, basically. Yeah, that's that's always what happens. Yes, yeah, so there has to be an element of trust within yourself yeah. that you know these are good ideas. Yeah, someone stealing them and proving it. Yeah, big time. I mean, you you need to obviously test the theories out. You know, so if you're at a bigger company, they've got like oh, it's market research, all this kind of stuff, mm. stress testing, financials, whatever, all these fancy terms and words. Mm. But chances are, if you have a good idea or something. Mm. It probably is a good idea. Mm. Nine times out of ten, it probably is a good idea. And someone else probably also already thought the idea. But someone else probably gave up with the idea and didn't do anything with it. Mm. Um, so you're probably not going to you know, reinvent the wheel unless you're working like 
software or something like that where you can actually make a, yeah, you know, a new SaaS product. A new product. product. But yeah. if you're doing a service, someone else probably already does it. Mm. Someone already probably does it cheaper. Someone does it better. Someone mm. does it locally. Someone probably does it abroad and outsources it. So there's all these invariants. But mm. um, I guess the only thing that you can control is is how you do it and the style that you do it. But you can you can work out gaps and mistakes and what other people are mm. doing. Um, but generally speaking, people don't really, really notice it. Mm -hmm. I would say most people, so most people think they could do a business mm. and they'll go, Oh, I could do that. That's easy. Right. Yeah. And then it's only when you go into like details and you're working stuff out and you see it's harder, but most people just get stuck at the idea of whether, Oh, that's a good idea. And they don't do anything about it. Mm. So it's trying to, I guess, overcome that. As you say, you've got that trust for you, um, where you trust yourself that you can actually do something with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So touching on that then, how did you go from working for another recruitment company, having these thoughts, to then where you're at now, where we're in your office, I can see four desks, so yeah. four, three, three or four? Uh, yeah, three of us, I mean, I hope by the end of the week there should be a fourth. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the office is big enough to fit like, what, I don't know, five people? <laughs> no, like, I don't know, you can probably fit like 20, 30 people in here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, there's room for growth and it'll be the home for an extended mm -hmm. period of time or the business. Um, but you know, I, I started on, on my sofa in my house, you know, mm. that's the same thing where most people start to mm. be fair. Um, and the, I guess the difference is I didn't, I didn't do it with a load of money. I didn't have all this, mm. you know, huge backing. I didn't get borrow any money. I didn't have any ideas of, um, what I was going to do. It's kind of pretty, pretty stupid in hindsight. I just <laughs> made like a, a split, split decision, yeah. kind of split rash decision. And I was like, oh, this is just shit. And I'm gonna go and do my own thing. Mm. And this was like in October, um, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do something. New Year, I'm gonna do my own thing. Mm. And then obviously, you know, cops counting down. I didn't even I didn't even know what the business was gonna be called. So I just registered some a random name on the company's house, and I was like, okay, I'll work that out later. Mm. And then I was just trying to you know work out what I was gonna do and how I was gonna do it. But um, yeah, I guess I guess when you say the, the trust in yourself, where does that come from? I don't know, I think, I always say like I did the business out of spite, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know what I mean? It's, it's a weird thing to say, but I always say like, there's always other people, they're making this money and they're not doing it very well. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I could do this better. Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, even if I'm average, I'm still going to do it okay. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't, it's weird because it wasn't the, the factor of having money as a driver. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care about the money. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care about having flexible hours, which is what some people say, you know, oh, I want to go and make all this money because I'll do it myself. Other people are like, oh, I like the lifestyle, so I have flexibility. Um, so for me, it was none of that. It was just me wanting to do a good job, mm. um, which is strange when you think about it because doing a good job is obvious, right? You want to yeah. do a good job. What, it, yeah, right. You're in your profession. You want to do a good job. But I just saw how low the other standards were, mm -hmm. and I wanted to go and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happened funny is funny because now it's like transitioned to all these other things where I see other businesses that aren't doing very well. And I'm like, man, if I did that, I'd want the floor with you. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you're like, I'm going to start a state agency business. Yeah. Then I'm going to do a restaurant. <laughs> and then I'm going to do a sightseeing bus. And then you get all these things because you can, once you do one business, you can mm -hmm. pretty much work out how to do all the others. Yeah. In a way, you can, you can see like where people are going wrong. Mm -hmm. If you know where people are going wrong, you can do it better. So, um, so yeah, it's just wanting to do do a good job, which is obvious. So it's, yeah, it sounds profound, I guess. I just wanted to do a good job. <laughs> yeah. 
So when you were, obviously you made the decision in October, did you then go self-employed in the new year or from the October? Um, so I... Was this 2019, was it? Uh, end of, end of, was it? 2018, end of 2018. Okay. So, so in October, I was like, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. You know, new year, whatever. And I, I don't, I'm not talking like the beginning of October, it was like the end of October. So, um, you know, I had a house, bills, mortgage, all this sort of stuff. I was like, okay. So how's this going to work financially? Like realistically, what do I need? Um, so I was like, okay, I've got I've got two credit cards. I was like, okay, oh, I was like, I can use the credit cards, and I'm like, I backed myself to make some money mm -hmm. in my first two months. I was like, and I was going by like, I guess um, what I done in my first year of recruitment. I was like, okay, well, in theory, if I can do this and do it myself, I should be fine. And I was like, mm -hmm. it took me three weeks to fill my first job. I was like. I must be better than I was, you know, my first yeah, year. Yeah. It's been it's been six years. I have to be better. But um, but yeah, so I was just like, right, okay, that's it. I'm gonna hand my notes in. So in okay, you know, a couple of weeks after that, so like, I was like maybe mid November, I handed in my notice. Um, to the point where you know other people are trying to talk me out of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was quite funny because <laughs> I had like you know my manager, and she's like, she you knows like director of HR or whatever. She's like, are you, are you sure this is what you want to do? I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And but you know, she was like trying to say like, oh well, you know, isn't it risky because of this and that. But um, by the end of it, she was like, oh yeah, I think you'd be great. You know, you got aspirations and all this kind of stuff. Mm. You're an ambitious guy. But I didn't come out of it feeling like I had all this huge support. Huge support. I felt like um, it's like oh, I'm making the right choice. Yeah. Which, in when it comes to business, if you have, if, yeah questions about yourself and your ability mm. um that you're already on the, on the downward spiral so yeah. i'm sure you've probably seen it yourself with other people have businesses or yourself and you know you're sitting there you start getting mm. in your own head and then when you get in your own head that's that's the worst because then you start second doubting everything yeah. you know you, you don't know what you're doing um and then before yeah before you know it, you know you're down the pan you're out of business and you've got no money you've just got some debt this might sound insanely arrogant, but I've never really suffered from self-doubt when it comes really? to my business. Because I've had that. Like even, well, it's just I've had that, like you said, out of spite. Like, and so like yeah. when I started my first fitness company, everyone from my family to friends to people I didn't even know were like, you're not going to do it, this isn't going to work. Like, like yeah. you said, they kind of, they, they put a reflection on you of their own limitations. Yeah. And so I kind of did it when I was like, okay. I will prove you wrong, and yeah. it didn't. It didn't really go massively well in the beginning, but you mm. you do push on out of spite, yeah. and that kind of. I never really once like. Sometimes I thought, oh, should I just throw in the towel and just get like a quote unquote proper job, just yeah. to not worry about the stresses of the marketing, the chasing leads, and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. But to an extent, there was never really a. There's imposter syndrome. A lot of that, like, oh my god, like, am I yeah. good enough to be doing what I'm doing now? Loads like, of loads of people have that though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You see it all this time, all the, all the time with people like doing coaching. It's like it's like it's funny that there's like a, a business around coaching of people who have imposter syndrome from people like highly paid jobs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you you got these people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And they get promoted, like, mm -hmm. and then you you got these you know growth coaches or you know um, personal coaches mm -hmm. trying to help them work through it. But all they're going to do realistically is say like, you've been doing it for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. You can do this. Yeah. So it's not like they're getting you know, like business coaching or something like that, or like, you know, mm. marketing coaching or sales coaching. They're just getting like a, you can do this, mm. which, you know, sometimes you do need. Um, but yeah, imposter syndrome, I suffer from that massively. Mm. 
I still do because you know you start off and you go oh if I can do this this, this will be great and you, you know x figure and then you know you do double it or something like mm. that and you're like oh wow that was really good mm. and then you know you start going to new levels every single time so you get a bigger client and you work with clients you never thought you would have worked with mm. and then suddenly you're like wow that was great and then you have to deliver on it and then you do it again and again and then suddenly you get like an expectation but you don't know if you can keep hit, hitting it yeah so <clears throat> i'm sure it'd be like you know if you opened a gym mm. filled out the gym in january right you go wow this is amazing i'm making loads of money it's fully booked but then it's like you probably look and go oh can i do this in february yeah can i do this in march Mm. You know, it's like anyone can have one good sales, anyone can do one good week or one good month, mm. but it's, um, I think, the pressure of trying to compound it yeah. into month after month after month. Um, and there's like, you know, like recruitment, you know, you're only going to get successful by constantly winning. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to win constantly, and obviously, the, the pressure of that um, can build. So, mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's not easy. Um, so you and I, you know, I'll be sitting here and I'm thinking, oh, what am I talking about? Like, no one's going to listen to me, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. like, no one's going to be interested in what I've got to say. But then it's like, when you break it down, I'm like, I don't know, you know, say I'm doing, you know, six figures, multiple six figures, mm -hmm. I have done for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, big office, I've got cash in the bank, I don't have to worry, you know, there's no, um, there's no debt against the business and all this kind of stuff. And it's like you're in a great position compared to a lot of your competitors, mm -hmm. but you sit there and you go, nah, no one's, no one, no one really cares what I have to say. But yeah. it's like literally only till you say it aloud or someone will tell you. Mm. Um, you know, I think sometimes you have to have other people tell you, you know, yeah. um, because you don't, you, the people don't tell you every day, do they? They don't go like, you've got such a great business, you know, mm. they don't, doesn't happen never, all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So it's only every now and then when someone goes, Oh yeah, you're like oh you're marketing. Really, you know, I, I saw that that was really good. And you're like oh was it? But you know you don't really think of it at the time. You know you might go oh this is a good idea, but you don't see if it works. Yeah, so you, yeah. you don't know. So that's that's the problem. It's like when you're fixated on your own business, sometimes mm. um, you you can't see outside of that. And that's why I said like to um, uh, the website people recently, I was saying to them, I was like well, I don't know what's good like. This is what I think is good, yeah. but like I'm, I'm too indoctrinated in, into it. I need mm. someone that's removed that you can look at it for what it is and yeah. say, This is what, what you need. And I should imagine it's the same thing with if you had a business consultancy, yeah. it would be literally the same thing where you need someone sometimes with an outside perspective to look. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I guess if you're a race car driver, you know, you don't. You, know, you just, you just yeah. drive, right? You yeah, don't yeah, yeah. worry about the engine, the tires, and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't get out and do your own pit stops. Yeah. <laughs> you get someone else to do that for you. That's a good example. Yeah, someone else changes the wheels for you. So. Yeah. I mean, using the car example, I say that a lot to people with when I'm giving them advice on things. I'm like, look, I take my car to the garage, I mm. give them an MOT, I don't look over his shoulder. I say, well, yeah. I'm paying you to do this. You, you, you say you're an expert in this, get my car yeah. MOT, get it fixed, and I'll drive away. Yeah. And it's kind of like that thing, like you do recruitment, you don't build websites. Yeah. So like, let the people who build websites build websites, and you kind of knuckle down. Yeah. Um, but interesting, what I wanted to say and what you were touching on was how, obviously, we've not connected in a few years. Mm. And obviously you saw I was doing the podcast and you reached out and you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is what you want. And when you told me what you were doing, I was like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> he's literally like, I didn't even know you worked in recruitment. And then you've obviously got this big office, you've got people working for you, multiple yeah. six figures, you've done really well. 
and I straight away was like chomping at the bit to get you on and you were so hesitant like oh I don't know if this is what they want and I'm like this is what they want uh, so I kind see. of that that verification from from an external source to kind of say yeah no you've yeah. You've done incredibly, but I suppose you have the what a lot of people who don't have a business don't realise is you're not always focusing on the wins. You're always looking mm. at the downside. You're kind of thinking, okay, we've we've done X amount this month, which is incredible compared mm. to where I was three years ago. But compared to last month, it's down. We need to push on. Yeah, it's kind you, of it's, it's hard to step away from the negatives. Sometimes. Yeah, you look at you look at the negatives, and sometimes you look at the risk, right? And you always like you know. But the bigger the bigger the ride up, you know, the bigger the ride down it is, right? <clears throat> um, so you know, you got everything riding on it. Everything stops with you, um, no matter what. Um, but the, I guess the flip side is you have people who may be not doing very well in whatever venture it is. You know, let's say I don't think you're selling coffee or something like that, and people might just bark on, for example, all over Facebook and it's going like, "This is the best coffee. This is the best coffee." Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you might go and speak to that person and it turns out that they're massively depressed or like they mm-hmm. don't actually have any money or like it's not working out. Mm-hmm. They're having to sell stuff, but you, you only see the side what people want to say. Mm-hmm. So I try and, if anything, I've tried to do the opposite. I'm thinking, well, if I shout really loudly about how well stuff's going mm-hmm. and it goes bad, you know, it's going to, it's going to really sting. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I, I don't really want to, you know, count my chickens and um yeah yeah i think it's massively more a big mindset shift i've had recently which i've seen a lot of online is is it's more about the journey and not the destination yeah and i think i initially got into this thinking like if i can just get to here mm. i'll be happy mm-hmm. and then i've got to that point i surpassed where i ever thought i'd get to and then it's kind of like oh i'm miserable and i ended up yeah. so stressed and it affected my liver condition and then i ended up in hospital because yeah. i was so ill and i lost loads of weight and yeah. like had really like I was verge I was about I was very very close to liver fa- like the beginnings of liver failure yeah. um I, it got really bad and that came from the stress of what I thought I wanted yeah nearly killed me yeah it's like you I think you get to a point um and you and you realize what you want when you're getting close to the thing that you thought you wanted right so people go, oh, I want loads of money. And it's like, okay, but what is the money to you? Is it because you want to be able to go on more holidays and travel? Is it because you want to retire early? Is it because you want a holiday home? You know, whatever that thing is. But I think sometimes you don't, you know, you look at the realistic, um, realistic things that you need to do to get to where you want to be, and people don't necessarily enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So if you said to me, let's say, I want to be the most well-known PT person on the planet, mm. I'd probably say, yeah, that's probably going to kill you mm-hmm. because you know it's not it's not an easy journey, and the mm. amount of people and the amount of things that you're going to have to do and mm. people speak to and you know all this stuff and rejection that you're going to get that's going to take some toll. Yeah. So you know, getting to a point where you're happy and you go, if I can just carry on like this, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. But it's I think yeah, when you start comparing yourselves to other people. That's when it gets bad, and I've definitely done that a lot. You know, you see these other companies, and then you're comparing yourself to them and going like, "Well, this person's been doing it for 15 years, or this mm. person's been doing it for 10 years." And I've been doing it like you know, half of that, or almost mm. half of it. So then you start thinking, "Oh my God, this is really difficult. I'm never going to get anywhere," and whatever. But the irony is, it's like these people who are really experienced probably looking at someone who is. You know, not as experienced, and thinking, oh, like there's all these people starting up, and mm-hmm. there's all these people coming after me, 
and it's like, oh, I don't really have the energy, and it's like, oh, my motivation's gone. Mm. So when you're on, you know, when you're at the top, it's always harder to try and keep your position because there's always going to be people coming yeah. up to want to try and take it off you. But the irony is, when you're at the bottom and you're trying to come up, you look at these people that are like, you know, you know you're not you're not going to be able to beat them, and you go, oh, they're just killing it on everything. Yeah. And like, how am I going to do this? And like, it's like I don't have a chance. So um, comparing yourself with mm. other people is just going to take take any kind of success or any kind of happiness that you mm. have away from you. Because um, mm. yeah, you know, you go on Instagram, right? You, you know, you can see that you're Everyone's rubbish, right? Yeah. yeah, like yeah. you go, oh, I'm rubbish. Like my arms are small. Like, oh, I've got a bit of a stomach, or like yeah. my hair looks rubbish today. You know, you, you're gonna compare yourself in, in every in every way. Um, but then I always think like you don't know the financial side of things. So like you might see someone driving a, you know, like a brand new Range Rover, for example, but you don't know to the extent is that finance up to the hill. You know, mm-hmm. are, is that even theirs? You know, are they borrowing mm-hmm. it or or whatever? So. Um, but people don't think think of that, so people just look at it and go, "Oh man, I wish I had that," and mm-hmm. you know. But they don't necessarily want the work that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like when those people say that phrase, like, "Oh, like, oh like, we all have the same twenty four hours in a day that Beyonce <laughs> has." Really, <laughs> yeah, like people say that, and it's like, yes, to an extent we mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. but she's only working on the stuff she wants to work on the stuff that's going to make her money mm. she doesn't do anything else mm-hmm. but that's again like when you're at that point you know when you've got all the money in the world or you know all the resources then you can get rid of the stuff that you don't want to do to mm-hmm. make you more money um and sometimes i think of that as well with stuff that i'm trying to do and it's like i don't know if you think i don't know paying parking for example it's like you know the brand arcade is a classic one yeah. Grand Arcade, it's a fortune, right? For an yeah, hour, so yeah. right? You could get the bus in, and it's gonna be half the price, or you know, it's gonna practically cost you nothing. But to get the bus in, it's gonna cost you more time. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, can I make more money in that time, or can I do something better in that mm-hmm. time? Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Um, so you could actually look at it from another point of view and go, well, actually, if I get the bus, I can sit there on my laptop, I could work. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I could do that, and it's gonna cost me less. But people are putting to go. Oh no! It's like oh, it's, it's quick if I just go and drive, get in and out, and do whatever it is I need to do. So, you know, trying to manage your time is is one of those one of those things. But then your kind of perspective over time will change mm-hmm. um, on on what you think you know is a good expenditure of time mm-hmm. uh, and money. So I know, like for me, that's definitely changed. So what mm-hmm. I thought. You know, it would have been like a waste of money. Suddenly, now uh, isn't a waste of money, which is um, yeah, it's just funny because it's, like, it's a slow change. We don't really notice it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two kind of things I learned early on, which I've been very fond of. Is Tony Robbins calls it net time, so no extra time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you were saying about working on the laptop while you're on the bus, and then uh, Bezos Coolian talks about ten dollar tasks. It's like, right. can you like? Are you going to go shopping around the supermarket for two hours, or yeah. can you order it online in five minutes yeah. and have that delivered for you while you're at home working? Yeah. And you do very much kind of you look at time differently when it's like when it's all yours yeah. and it's kind of the onus is all on you. Like I've I've not had someone looking over my shoulder for seven years now. Yeah. Like every penny I've made, I've had to go out and find myself. Yeah. Um, and there's been good times and there's been bad times, and I think that kind of learning how to manage your time and you said before we got in here like I don't know how you do as much as you do and I get that all the time but it's mm. I've learned how to manage my body and yeah. my time to optimize myself as much as possible yeah. so I always have this guilt of like I should be working I should be working 
But now I look at it as the fact of actually if I have a 15 minute nap or if I have a 30 minute down period of just watching TV, mm. when I work later, I will be more productive. Yeah. Like I've been working non-stop all day today and I knew I was coming here and I've got another meeting after this. Yeah. So I had about an hour to chill in between where I, mm. I sat with my dog, I, I had a drink, I chilled out. Yeah. No, and then now I'm fresh. Had I not done that, had I worked through, I would have been here for this podcast and I would yeah. have been so burnt out and it would have been naff and it yeah. would have been pointless doing. So you do have, when you are self-employed and starting a business, you have to very much manage your time and your body like so efficiently. Yeah, I think if you can be consistent, you know, every day, that actually makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. So if you don't look after yourself and you're going out on the lash the night before and then you've got to go to work the next day and then you're hungover for two days, you know, you've wiped out, you know, 25% of your week or 20% mm -hmm. of your week. So it's, um, yeah, it, there is definitely some kind of um, prioritization. Prioritization? Yeah. I can't even say it either. Priorities. Uh, you need Priorities, to sort out, yes. You need to sort that out, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, you need to manage your own time, as you, as you say. But you need. But I always say, like, you need to run yourself like a business. It's not. Like, yes. It's not a popular, popular thing that people want to do. But it's like, yeah, you got to manage everything like a business, and you know, you know you review your expenses, and you go, oh, this is a waste of money, mm -hmm. or like, oh, I need to invest into this. Um, but that, when you say investing, it doesn't mean necessarily financial, mm -hmm. but it can mean like, I need to read up about this, or I need mm -hmm. to learn about this. And if you, if you have a business. Um, there's definitely a couple of things that you need to get used to. One of them is obviously rejection, um, obviously. But the next thing is like learning. So you're going to have to do a lot of it, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. So you, unless you have the money to go and outsource everything, chances are you probably don't. So mm -hmm. you at the start, you go, right, I need to know enough about marketing. I know enough about accountancy, tax laws, legal stuff, health and safety. Um, paperwork for an office you know whatever mm. it is you know you, you learn those things as you go along um so yeah there are things that you're going to come up with and you need to you know prioritize and learn how to do but if you don't have the time to do it you, you're going to be in trouble and that's without even mentioning like sales right mm. you know if you're rubbish at sales you're gonna have to spend more time on it so mm. um it's definitely I mean, you need to look at things as skills yeah. like you said like you wouldn't you would invest in a to become a massage therapist, you would, mm. that's a skill, you'd invest in that. I think people forget that they need to, like, time is the most precious commodity, and if you invest yeah. that time in learning what you're doing, like, like I said, you're not a web designer, so you don't need to know mm. how to maybe code a website, no. but you need to understand the basics of why you need a, a website. Um, because the thing is, as well, is when you do run the business, if, say, you have no idea about advertising, yeah. and then you're paying someone else to do it, and then the ads aren't working or something goes wrong, and you email them at four o'clock on a Friday, yeah. and it's a bank holiday Monday, that might not get sorted till the Tuesday, maybe the Wednesday. Yeah. Whereas if you actually have an idea of what it is you do, I'm not saying be an expert, but if you have an idea of what's actually going on within the business, mm. you can very much kind of get to it straight away, um, to an extent. Yeah. Um, so actually, yeah, like investing that time in understanding the business, and like you said, like sales and the like building up relationships mm. and, and even just like, I don't know whether you use a spreadsheet or whether you have a software, but managing all of your leads, who have you called, how yeah. often have you called them, what did they say, did they answer, looking at your, I know for myself, I was tracking my, when I was doing all my fitness sales, I was tracking call times, Yeah. just to see how long was I on the phone with them for, because I'd been on the phone for an hour in the beginning mm. to make a sale, and I'm like, wow, if I can shorten that to 15 minutes, I can do four yeah. at a time, if I, and I got it down to seven and a half minutes, so Pretty I was quick. just smacked. <laughs> 
Yeah, and when, when I launched my second location, we had over 200 applications in the first eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So bearing in mind, I was running one location, trying to open a third, trying to train my team, as well as trying to hit all of these leads up. Mm -hmm. I had to be quick, because I had I just had appointment after appointment. Yeah. And it's again, it's a skill. You work on it, you improve it, um, and then you knuckle it down to a more efficient kind of kind of time, Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, I always say to people that when they're going to do their own business, it's like, it's like uh, you're a salesperson now. It's like it just happens that you did this other thing, but now you're a salesperson. Yeah. So I had like a um, a contractor who was a who wanted to move into software contracting, and I was like, "Oh, Scott, how do I get more clients?" And I was like, "You're a salesperson." Now. I was like, "You know, you're not a software developer anymore." Mm -hmm. I was like, "You need to go to like events. You need to go networking. Mm -hmm. You need to start approaching companies that work within the same areas you and the same areas interest. It's like you need to get referrals. You need to start reaching out to people." And then you can see the realization on this person. They're like, "Oh shit!" You know, because mm -hmm. they just think, "Oh, you know, put my CV up. Someone's gonna call me. The business is gonna come in." It's like, yeah, it will to a degree, but if you haven't got enough money in the bank to last you six months with your phone not ringing, yeah, you know, screw, you, you're done, right? So you you know you have to go out there and, and make it happen. Um, and you don't even have to be the best at these things. You just have to be, you know, showing up is half the battle. And if mm -hmm. if you just if you're there, being there, sometimes it's just enough. Mm. Um, you know, you just don't know who you're going to bump into. You don't know who you're going to speak to. You don't know what doors could open up. But if you don't show up and you don't try, like you can guarantee it's never going to happen. That's the only guarantee. It's like you know it will never happen if you don't show up. Yeah, and I think have you ever read the E Myth book? No, loads of people tell me about reading this. And they say like, oh, you need to read the E Myth. You need to read the E Myth. Um, I've come close to buying it, but I haven't. No, I, haven't. I can lend you it. Yeah. Um, it's a very good book, and I think it's a great book if you're debating starting a business because yeah. it, it talks about, it has a case study in there, it talks about this lady who used to bake pies with her gran. Um, and then everyone was like, oh my God, your pies are amazing. So she opened, you should open a shop and mm. sell these. So she goes, okay, I will. So she opens up a pie shop. Then she's not making pies, she's right. doing tax, and she's ordering ingredients, and she's trying to pay rent. And she's doing all these things, cleaning the floors, doing all these things that are not actually making pies. Yeah. And actually she's more of a technician where you get a plumber who will leave his job, mm. say they're self, quote unquote self-employed, a business, whatever, have their name on a van, but it's just them. So yeah. it's like the only thing you've actually done is remove a manager. Yeah. You're still doing the same job, probably the same rough pay, yeah. but you've just removed the manager and just slapped your own name on the side yeah. and now you have to do your own tax return. That's the only real difference, whereas when you're actually building a business where you <clears throat> you have an office like you do and you have staff and stuff, yeah. that's a very different mindset and skill set needed. So a lot, it's kind of the the myth revisited discusses like the difference between just being a technician who you're under your name, mm -hmm. but doing what you the exact what I do now with my business is not what I did when I worked at a big change in. Yeah. It's completely different. If I was just doing the same self-employed under my name, mm -hmm. there isn't really any difference. It's the same, it's the exact same thing, just one side of it, I pay my own tax mm -hmm. and I wear my brand, whereas one side of it, I wear their brand and they pay my tax. Yeah. That's the only difference. So it's kind of the, the EMA 3 visitors are great. It's the entrepreneurial myth. So it's looking at, are you really an entrepreneur? Yeah. Do you genuinely have those desires to do this? Or are you just sick and tired of working for a manager? And that's the. It's, it's it's funny you say that about the um, about about the myth and stuff and the points that you've mentioned because I remember I had um an le electrician right who came to uh, the house to try and do like you know I think it was like some rewiring in the kitchen right, mm. and um, I was trying to I was trying to explain something to him 
when he mentioned something which just didn't make sense on how he was working because he was like mm -hmm. okay yeah i'll get the quote i'll go back and i'll write it up and stuff like this and whatever and i'll send it to you he's like oh you're lucky i even answer the phone i don't even usually answer the phone because i'm too busy with, you know i'm too busy on the job yeah and i said to him i was like why don't you just get like a, an outsource cool call center or something mm -hmm. like or, you know a virtual assistant it's like they can answer the phone for you and take the bookings mm -hmm. um i said and then you could also just like send in the pricing because if they know what the pricing is they can type all it up yeah. and send it to you and you get things turned around like probably like a day or something <laughs> And he's like, nah, because then what am I going to do? And I was like, work. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> right, okay. And I was like, and I, did, I was just one of those things. Like, I was like, ah, oh, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Because, you know, this that's, guy's the, that's, the exact, that, right? that's the exact kind of mindset, so right? Yeah. He's just a self-employed yeah. electrician. Nothing wrong with that. But no, he, no. He, he just couldn't comprehend mm. that why you would do that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have, you know, an hour and a half to try and speak to him explain why um yeah whereas to myself when, you know when i look at my own things i'll be like i don't need to answer the phone all the time mm. like i'm busy working i'm trying to do stuff that's going to generate income right um so yeah i'm not gonna answer the phone i'm not gonna i don't know answer the door if amazon turn up mm -hmm. um you know i still do it occasionally but not saying that's like, I'm going to go and jump to that. You know, mm -hmm. you don't see Bill Gates taking out the bins. Do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, his time's worth what? I don't know. Millions don't per hour. Like, millions, like millions <laughs> per hour. So like in theory, it would be like cheaper for him, for example, like Bill Gates mm -hmm. to go and probably buy a waste disposal company, mm -hmm. create his own company doing that to go and take the bins out. It'd be yeah. cheaper rather than him walking down the stairs and doing to go and take the rubbish out, right? But it's when you try to look at it in that kind of context. Obviously, it is really extreme to look at it like that. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it like, oh, it's a complete waste of my time. Mm -hmm. um, but people just don't don't comprehend it. So everyone can always run a business. I always say like, yeah, anyone can run a business, mm -hmm. but not everyone should mm -hmm. because if you can't just understand something as simple as that, mm -hmm. then everything else is just going to be an uphill battle because you you just won't understand what's going on. Um, not saying you you know you're stupid or anything like that, mm -hmm. but you know if you just can't comprehend like how you can save time or yeah. how you can be more efficient, and mm -hmm. um, you want to do the stuff that's not going to make you money, then then you're in trouble. I mean that's a perfect example of what I discussed earlier about the ten dollar task. Like you mm -hmm. could find a VA in the Philippines or somewhere five ten pounds. Great English. Like, um, <laughs> or they work hard, or an online VA, or, or someone, or even a family member. Or, yeah. I've had clients before that have done work for me where I've literally just said like, I know you work from, I know you don't work, because yeah. you know, like they they have a, an agreement in their family where they don't work. Yeah. I say, do you have any spare hours during the week? They're like, yeah. I'm like, this is a list of stuff I need doing. I can pay ten pound an hour. Yeah. Are you up for it? And they're like, yeah, fine, that's fine. So they they crack on with the not nothing crazy just like can you enter this into a spreadsheet can you do mm -hmm. this stuff that i don't really need to be spending my time yeah. on like you said if just in a basic pt term 50 pound an hour for a pt session but inputting 100 names into a spreadsheet is like a 10 pound an hour task yeah. it's kind of like am i better off being in a pt session or, or on sales calls or in a meeting with a school about doing a talk or am i better off inputting numbers into a spreadsheet so then you can offload these tasks like this electrician example you can have a va that worked couple of hours a week or just answer the calls for him, booked it in, priced it up, and all he would have to worry about is doing the work. Yeah. He'd probably be booked up three, four, five. I personally would feel that as a lot more professional and would probably trust the service more if it's like I'm his I'm I'm booking you in, I'm pricing you up, however he's gonna come and do the work, I'd be like, oh this is a yeah. solid system. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the irony, right? It's like, if he actually probably just had someone answer the phone while they run, mm-hmm. he'd probably have more work to pick and choose from. So he'd probably do the higher paying jobs. He um, could have got all these quotes turned around quicker. I mean, before I even got the, the price back from him, I went with someone else. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, even now, I'm waiting for a carpenter to come back. It's been a week. They haven't mm-hmm. given me a price. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'll go somewhere else. It's like, okay, I want to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then there's this element where, like, okay, it's also just, again, if I just do it better than one of my competitors or most of my competitors, Ooh, I'll, quicker. I'll be okay, right? Not even better, just quicker. Well, yeah, I mean, like, just, yeah, coming back to someone. Like well, you're in recruitment, so people are needing jobs, and there's a cost of living crisis, and people are losing jobs, and there was COVID. Well, there you go, that did it. <laughs> so, For the listeners, he's just splattered a bug on the wall, on come, a white wall. That'll come out in post. Uh, yeah, <laughs> post-production. post-production. We'll edit that out. Um, I can't, yeah, so you work in recruitment, so these are people that maybe have lost their job, or yeah. are, there's budget cuts, and they have bills to pay. Yeah. So you taking two weeks to get back to them is just not good enough because they rely- they will go somewhere else through the necessity of having a bill at the end of the yeah. month. Not because you're not good, not because your team isn't great, not because your office is cool, but just sheer speed. Well, yeah, the diff- I mean, that is one of the differences is, is speed. So there's been occasions before where I've had a client give me a role to fill and it's gone out to other agencies at the same time. It's been like 20 past five, uh, 25 past five or 20 past mm-hmm. five, right at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, right, so what do I do here? It's like, mm. either I can just go home like everyone else probably is going to do, because they probably don't care and they're not as committed, and, you know, the chair's spinning as soon as it hits half yeah. five, right? 29 minutes fast. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm like, this is, you know, it's like 12 grand, I think it was what it was worth. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got to step up and do what I need to do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make it really hard for them. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, I stayed there to probably half, half eight, quarter nine, you know, contact as many people as I could, got all these people across the job. I was like, right, so when they come in in the morning, it's like, it's going to be so difficult for them because I've already done all the work. And mm. they're going to be like, oh, I've already heard for this, I've already heard about this job. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, client came back to me, he's like, yeah, we want to book in your four people. Mm. Um, and then they start getting calls from the candidates, like getting calls from these other agencies. Mm. So, like, oh, yeah, we told about this job, and like, I've told already we called for it a couple of days ago. And uh, I was like, right. Got it. Four out of the five interviews. How can it go wrong? Yeah. Anyway, they offered the other person. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I was, I was like, that was so unlikely. Um, Not how I saw that going. <laughs> no, I was like, okay. But like any other time, that would have been really good. That would have been know? a great story. Um, but yeah, that's just like sounds a lot, right? So it's just that one that mm. one time. But if I didn't do it, it yeah. I probably wouldn't have happened. But it wasn't going to happen if you didn't do it. So you might as well have done yeah. it and have it not happened, but you've made connections. Yeah. And that kind of leads me on to my next one because there's a specific specific reason I want to bring this up. I don't I know motivation is a thing, but I think if you are if you have your why and you know what you're doing and you're consistent and present on that journey, mm. motivation will come and go, but you'll yeah. you'll remain with it. What keeps you motivated? There's a reason I brought this up with up, which I'll say in a sec. So if you say what makes you motivated or keeps you motivated? I don't know what motivates me because it changed from when I was younger, right? So when you're younger, mm. you go, I want to make loads of money, or do this, have a nice house and stuff like that. So it is funny because it just, it just changes um, over time. Um, I remember watching like a, like a documentary or something with Mike Tyson, right? Mm. And um, the interviewer's like, oh, like all these champion belts or championships. It's like, oh, you're like, 
great, amazing, mm. this is history. He's like, mm. oh, it's garbage, it's nothing. He's just like, he just throws the buzz, like, it's nothing, it's nothing. Mm. He's like, oh, he's like, it meant something once, but now I'm like, I just want my kids to be happy. Yeah. He's like, and that's what's important. So I'm not saying I'm at that stage because I don't have kids, but <laughs> it's definitely changed and what motivates me. So what motivates me is like when I can go and do stuff with like, you know, my parents, my family or my girlfriend or well, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna go do this, you know, I can go and take them out for dinner or go and take, you know, a girlfriend on holiday, you know, we can go do nice things and then you have a nice time and enjoy yourself. Like that's kind of like the the motivator. Um but there's also like I I think it's also like my own myself mad, like that's my own legacy, that's my own name, mm-hmm. right? I quite literally say it's like that's my own name above the door. Mm-hmm. So it is. I would just want to do. I, I guess we come back. I want to do a good, good job. Um, but if I want to do something, and I say I'm going to do it, that's kind of what motivates me. Mm-hmm. Um, Been a yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know why, but it's like there's so many different things. Where I said mm-hmm. I'm going to do that, and then I go, I go and do it, and um, for for whatever reason. So I remember when I was like 18, I wanted to go. I really wanted to be a Big Brother, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if I've ever told this, but like, nope. so, when I, so when I was younger, I used to, you know, watch Big Brother like growing yeah. up, you know, like, you see all these things, like, oh man, I'd be so good at that. Mm. I was like, I'd love to do that. This is before like Instagram and everything. So there's literally no money in it. You only, you only get a hundred grand if you want it. And that mm. was it. Mm. So there was, you know, no prospects unless you're a girl and you want to go and do page three, Yeah, which now is a new thing. <laughs> um, so um, I was like, right, I'm going to research everything. So I researched every kind of stage um, that they had, you know, and how you and how, how how people got through. I looked at all these different forums and message boards to try and understand stories of like how people got through and what it is and like how they pick people and why they pick people. Um, so I I carefully planned what I was going to try and do. I knew recently I was like, well, okay, I'm not mid twenties. I can't be like the good looking heartthrob guy, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm not an old man, so I can't be in there just for the sake of it. And I'm, there's nothing extreme about me. Like I'm not like a homeless person or I'm not like, I don't know, ex-military or from like a different country or whatever. There was mm-hmm. nothing, you know, ex- extreme about me or different. So I was like, okay, well, I've got to go down this avenue of just being like the young guy. You know, like I would think I've been like the youngest or second youngest person to ever go in it. Mm. But each stage, I like I really prepped myself. And I was mm. like, "Here's the questions that they ask you." I was like, and I, and I wrote down all these different examples. I sat down. I was like, it was like marketing objects. I was trying to write my own marketing yeah. stories. Um, and I, you know, I even practiced how like, I would answer these things in my head. So like when I'm driving, and I think even Tony Robbins actually used to do this yeah. before when he was like going to seminars. Yeah. Like he's like in the car, yeah. like. Doing all these practicing of what he's going to say. So I was doing that, um, and that that got me quite far. So I went through like six or seven stages. Yeah. I got like final shortlist and all this kind of stuff under contract. Still got the contracts now, and uh, I was even, yeah, <laughs> like ten years old. Um, and yeah, I was even like a test housemate and stuff. But my motivation was, was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, and then yeah, it's not it's not easy. It's like you know, booking a lot of time off. You're not allowed to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. The whole point at the start is like you have to go and queue up like three or four hours to even get to mm. the first stage to get picked, right? Mm. Um, I, I went with like some mates at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna audition with it. I'm gonna audition for Big Brother as well with you. And they gave up after like half an hour. I was mm. like, I ain't giving that. It's one of those things like you know, put your hand on the car like the last person yeah, yeah, gets the car. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm getting that car. Yeah. Like, 
you do it out of principle. So I'm saying I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. But um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. That I was like, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna go and do it. Um, yeah, it's just it's just funny, like looking back. So like something is like Big Brother. I didn't get to get on in the end, but to be close. that that committed. Yeah. Um, not not many people actually want to do it. So, mm. Yeah. Um, I've never even watched an episode too much. No, you're not missing much. <laughs> you're not <laughs> touching. You would have done the files on it. You've been missing loads of stuff. Well, yeah, if you're on it, I definitely would have watched it. One of, one of my favourite quotes, I've got so many, many quotes I love, that is success leaves clues. Mm. And I think kind of like you were saying at the very, very beginning about how other companies are doing it, what they're doing well, what they're yeah. not doing well is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like you said, like you don't have to come in unless you're doing like a, a software or like AI or something like that. That's yeah. going to rev like Facebook, Amazon, revolutionize the yeah. world. Unless you're doing something like that. Yeah. Like it's something that's forward, like a restaurant, for example, yeah. they've been around for centuries. Mm -hmm. So like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. <clears throat> you just have to do it in a different way, in a better way. It's what people are used to. So like you reading these forums and these blogs and, and all this stuff, you're finding out what works before. Mm -hmm. And taking the successes and learning from the failures. Yeah, I think a lot of people. That's how I. Like, I've done really well with my fitness business, but I learned so much of other companies. Like, yeah. and I'm not afraid to say it. Like, it's not all ingenious, original, innovative ideas I've had. It's like I can run a group training session and bring myself, which is a lot of energy and yeah. a lot of fun. And I remember a lot of things. So, like, I remember my clients, kids, and dogs, mm -hmm. and this, that, and the other, and and just did it in my way. And it exploded. Yeah. Well, let other people make the mistakes. That's why I said. Yeah. yeah. Well, you let you make all the mistakes. I'm like, okay. I'm glad I didn't do that. And then yeah. you, you reap the rewards. It's the easiest thing to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, let someone else make mistakes, and mm. then you know you'll see the clues that they're left behind. Learn from it. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not you know a coincidence if someone's successful. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a coincidence if a business goes out of business. Yeah. Um, you know, you see these online fashion brands and stuff like this, mm -hmm. and you know, you see plenty of them go bust. And it's like, is it really that much of a shock? Yeah. It's like, is it really that much of a shock? Because you know, I should imagine all the overheads, even everyone that wants to go towards like an online, you know, way of living, like you know, shopping online, stuff like that. The buying experience, there isn't an experience mm -hmm. like anywhere mm -hmm. unless you go to a shop. There's, there's nothing. There's, they're all the same. So there's no real difference. Um, and they had, you know, these companies with all this money that had all this time to see what was coming. It's like, you know, like Titanic, right? There's an iceberg coming. Yeah. And you're like, should we turn? Like, nah, we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, this internet thing will never last. <laughs> um, but it's a bit like that. And then, you yeah. know, you see Topshop, Topman, you know, Debenhams, Debenhams, BHS. Um, I can keep going. There's yeah. loads of them, you know, that end up closing down. Mm -hmm. um, but it's because they, they didn't adapt with the times. Mm -hmm. So there's their refusal. I remember, um, I think it was Topshop. Yeah. Uh, the guy that owned it, like Green or something like that, I can't remember yeah. his name. His refusal to push things harder online, and then mm -hmm. COVID happened, and then they went out of business, and it's like, oh, yeah. Funny. And he well, came out openly, like before COVID, saying things like, "Oh, we're not going to go." He was very adamant they weren't going to do mm -hmm. what everyone else is doing, and then they fell off. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like, you, you, but you can see what's going to happen. Like the clues are there, right? Mm. So I don't understand how some of these people could be surprised. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with um, housing and stuff like that. So first house I bought to do a property flip on, I mean, I, worked, I did so much research, months and months mm -hmm. worth of research. And I was like, oh, I'd never buy a house in this area before the pandemic. Um, but it just happened that 
okay, now people are working from home more, so like the gentrification, I uh, struggle with that word. We're struggling with words tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think the, we've had a long day. Basically, anyway, other areas get more posh, right? Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, you know, centre of Cambridge, I'll say that's the expensive place. Everyone has to be able to commute to work. Mm -hmm. But now people don't have to commute to work, so they can go further around. They want more for their money. And as such, as that area goes out further and further, the house prices go up because now there's demand. Mm -hmm. So a house, you know, that I brought, you know, it went up by, I don't know, what was it? Quick maths, quick maths, like 25, 30%. Okay. But now I think in, in under a year, but I think it's like six months. But the reason for that is, it's like, again, it's, it's these people moving out. So there's, there's more, more demand mm -hmm. and there's not enough supply. Um, I went for, you know, a two bed terraced house because I was thinking, okay, if you don't go too big, there's a risk that people obviously can't get there because you don't know if they've lost their jobs and all this stuff. But you like, this is the lowest, it was like the lowest, cheapest house in that area. Mm. I was like, it, and I got it underpriced. So I was like, there is no way this can go wrong. I'm like, I've done all my research and everything. Like, this has to be a home run. It's like, it just, mm. it can't, right? So, you know, that worked out well. But again, this is one of those things, like, if you look and you see these opportunities, you'll see them everywhere. Mm. So, if, if you can, if, yeah, if you can just see what's coming. I mean, it's obviously very hard, but it's like, you know, read the news for God's sake. Mm -hmm. you, know, you read the news, you see all the stuff that is going on. So I don't know, like, I think it was like the pound dropped, right? Didn't it fairly recently? So the pound dropped and the dollar and the pound's the same. So it's like, okay, well, if I go to America, it's going to be much more expensive to go on holiday there. So going the other way around, do you think now England's cheaper? Do you think more Americans are going to come to the UK? Mm -hmm. maybe it's like okay the other thing would be people probably don't want to go on a holiday they don't want to go to the US and they don't want to go maybe abroad or whatever so are they going to stay and do more things in the UK so if you look at that then you go right okay Norfolk do you think people maybe go to the seaside instead or Cornwall or whatever you know you can just work these things out and it's, you can just build ideas of what people will do so um, yeah after like the pandemic and stuff you know when we, when we could first start going on holiday mm -hmm. Portugal and Malta was like the two places you go, yeah. wasn't it? It was like a thousand pounds, fifteen hundred quid for Portugal or mm -hmm. Malta. I was like, that's a joke. And they go, let's look at Cornwall instead. It was like the same price. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I refuse to pay a grand mm -hmm. to go to these places. Mm -hmm. It was like, because it's not, that's not what it's worth. Mm -hmm. But because they could see what's happening, it's like, well, people from England want to go abroad, they're going to go to these places. Um, and then, yeah, as such, when you know, when things loosened up, um, you know, the economy for like the US or whatever, their flights and hotels and stuff, that was cheaper, in my opinion. That was cheaper because I guess they probably wanted to encourage more people coming over. Yeah. But now the price seems like it, sh it shot up. So I don't know why, but you can kind of work these things out. I'm, you know, I'm not a. What's the, what's the, what's the word for it? I'm not very good at these words. What's these the words tonight, we e are showing you. Economic. Economic. Economist. Economist. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I'm yeah. Economist. I think my mouth's too dry to, to say the words tonight. Well, I do. I want to go back to the motivational thing because okay. I've got a very funny story for that. Go for it. So I went on my Facebook memories today, and nine years ago today, yeah, to the day, I did a post about being too tired to go to the gym and I needed energy. You tagged Adam and yeah. you said, "I think he needs a bit of Eric Thomas." And I said, oh my and I said, what's an Eric Thomas? Yeah. Now, and then obviously I was then introduced to Eric Thomas and that was my very, very beginning of motivational speeches 
which You're I welcome. then... You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, everything I've ever become is because well, of you. Well, I'll send you an invoice <laughs> in the post. Thank you. Yeah, 10 years worth. Um, so I used to watch a lot of motivational videos in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Not because, like, I was lacking motivation, but because it helped to keep me focused and I took a lot of the sayings from it and I remembered them. And mm -hmm. even in those dark... I'd listen to it when I was training. I would listen to it when I was working, when I was driving. And, and all, all the time. And it was just interesting that that was such a key part of my development. And it was nine years ago today that I was introduced to that world so because of you. And I'm here interviewing you today. I literally looked at it on my phone. I, need, I never really checked those things. I just looked mm. and I was like, makes a good story. Oh my, it makes a great story. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, well, what are the odds that we've obviously not connected in years? We've decided to do this today. And then mm. nine years ago today, such a pivotal moment in my development came from them and that was goosebumps. the story the story but no it's, it was that's that's why i wanted to bring up the motivation because a lot of people ask me how i'm so motivated and happy and driven all the time it is because my mission and my desire and my why is so strong but then also i have these remnants of yeah. of these quotes the eric thomas's the the um the tony robbins all of those kind of people well, I what's, just your one, what's your favorite one what's your favorite one Eric Thomas, what's your favorite one? <laughs> Eric Thomas was a big, big impact on me in the beginning. But there is there was what is a YouTube video. I used to download them and put them onto my phone and listen to them when I trained. There's one that's um, yeah, we all did that in the beginning. Um, there's one called Why Do We Fall? That yeah. was a good one. Um, there's a lot of Muhammad Ali, Eric Thomas, um, a lot of their kind of initial quotes in there. Mm -hmm um and yeah one of my favorite ones from eric thomas is start where you are with what you have because what you have is plenty mm -hmm. kind of like you're you in the beginning of just you just started in your living room like you don't need the office you don't need the chairs you don't need the expensive laptop just start it's funny because here's here's one that i liked which mm -hmm. actually i thought actually funny enough made me actually think about doing my own business um or one of the things that make me think of fight harder or whatever i don't know but it was like, yeah what did you say it's something like um Sacrifice what you are. Sacrifice what you what are, you are for what, what you, you want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or what you want to become. And that's that's, that's like, another yeah. one. Yeah. I, I, on literally off the back of that, I said to myself, right, bye by twenty. Mm. I said I don't want to be going to Ibiza, working hard at twenty two, twenty three, saving up a grand, two grand mm. to go. It taking a lot to save, spunking it, coming mm. home, being like, oh my god, like I'm back. I was like, I want to sacrifice my twenties. So that when I go to Ibiza for my thirties, I can be on a yacht yeah. and do it my way. So kind of, I was known growing up for not drinking and never really going mm -hmm. out and working so hard. And it's funny because the people that used to make derogatory comments towards me about that are now the ones that are kind of stuck in life yeah. and come to me and like, oh my god, Joe, you've achieved so much. You've done this. You've done that. Like, I'm stuck. Where do I go from here? And I was like, well, I tried telling you 10 years ago yeah. and you didn't want to know and you thought I was an idiot and now we fast forward to now and you're looking back at me you've spent every single summer going on that one pissed up lad's mm -hmm. holiday and now you have no direction you don't really have a great CV and you're not really sure what to do yeah. and it's kind of being exactly as he said and you said is willing to sacrifice your life now of going on these holidays going out every weekend getting drunk doing whatever it is sacrificing that to think one, three, five, ten years time, where will my life be? Yeah. And I knew that if I, I love my life now because I control my whole diary and mm. I get to do cool interviews like this and I get to train incredible clients and I get to work with amazing companies in, in my new business and I get to do all of these cool things. Yeah. And it feels like there's a new, like I'm talking at King's College next week 
I did a talk at the DHL Global Conference last year. I'm doing these big things because 10 years ago, I decided to ignore everyone and do what yeah. I wanted to do. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. I mean, because there's always going to be people that are going to try and put you down. There's always going to be people saying like, oh, this won't work because of this and this. Um, yeah, it's quite hard to, to tune that out. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing if you look at people with, um, I guess, clothing brands, right? This is the easiest thing to look at. Everyone wants a pair of like Balenciaga trainers, right? Mm-hmm. That was, I didn't know what even that was. Like, you know, until a couple of years ago, that, that didn't even exist mm-hmm. because before that, it was a different kind of shoe, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, now it's, I don't know, like, I guess, like, everyone loves Louis Vuitton, um, and like Louis. Gucci t shirt. Louis Vuitton. Yeah, Louis Vuitton. So Louis. Louis. That shows you, right? <laughs> that shows you, yeah. What is Louis, Louis Vuitton? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is this? So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like people are too busy looking at that stuff, right? And they go, oh, I have to have this, I have to have that, right? Trying to keep up with the Joneses and they can't afford it. And, you know, going to get a car on finance, get an expensive watch, all this stuff. And I said, like, is that the stuff you actually like or you get it because you think you need to have it? Mm. So it's like, I went, um, I went watch shopping, right? And I was like, oh, I'm going to get like a watch. Like, oh, I've had a good month. I'm going to buy a Rolex. Mm. Like, well, I'm going to be one of those people. Yeah. And um, I didn't really like it. And then like, oh, I, I like, it doesn't really seem like that great. I didn't really feel much. Mm-hmm. And um, I went and tried a Fitbit um, when, when I bought one of them. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. It's like, you know, I'm not wearing yeah. it today. Um, so it can't be that great, right? But I was like, oh, I can see my heart rate. And I was like, oh, I can use that for the gym. It's like, I've got a calming app. You know, that's like, yeah, suiting me as well. Then, yeah. But people don't look at that kind of stuff and go, oh, okay, what do I actually want? What do I actually need? Mm-hmm. So people, you know, when they're younger, you see all these flash cars and it's like you, you don't go anywhere it's like yeah. well, where are you going like you know you might work but like five or ten minutes down the corner so you don't need a car to cost you three four hundred pound a month mm-hmm. on, on pcp or whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the holiday it's like people going to ibiza it's like are you going to ibiza because you like ibiza mm-hmm. are you going to ibiza because everyone else is going to ibiza so you could actually have just as much fun just going to Malaga. <laughs> Malaga, I don't know. <laughs> Benador, well, you go on like half the price, quarter the price, mm-hmm. have just as much fun, right? Mm-hmm. But people don't do that. People don't want to sacrifice no. perceptions, you know. I mean, to be to be fair, I think that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. So I think we'll hesitate from going. Psychology. But that links back to work and stuff like that. And people are like, I want to be successful. It's like, cool. Why? But you want to be successful because you want to go and do what with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and you go, cool, you can get there, but that means you can't have this car, you can't go on this holiday, you can't have your Gucci belt, mm-hmm. you can't go and buy your Louis Vuitton bag Thank or whatever. You. you know, but people go, oh no, that's transport. Yeah. And they think because they're walking around with a belt with a massive G on it, they think that's mm-hmm. much better. Rather than going like, oh, I could have been retired by 35. Yeah. You know, I'll do whatever I want. So it's like Conor McGregor when he said, like, I'm doing the, I'm doing what I like life. Mm. a bit more expletives than that but <laughs> but it's that it's like do whatever you want it's like you know when you can do whatever you want it's not it's not a problem is it mm. um so i mean that's also what i'm trying to get to like, yeah i don't go and buy expensive fancy things because i'm like oh i'm going to use that money as fuel mm. to go and help me get to the next stage so mm. to the point where you can you know you can go and look at these things and you go oh it's nothing it doesn't change yeah change my life um you know but so yeah go and get a sports car now it's like I could go and get a nice flash car, right? Like a super flash car and press a load of people. So mm-hmm. like what? 
five minutes. Yeah. Like, that'd be a great photo on Facebook. Yeah. And then it's then, then what? Yeah. And there's like, okay, well, that doesn't help me. That doesn't help me in any way. So I guess to end things off then, what would be your three kind of biggest tips for anyone that's either running a business and struggling or thinking about starting a business? What would be like three big tips? If episode one discussed kind of like being yeah. kind to others and, and accepting help and stuff like that, but what would be your three biggest takeaways? Um, so I would say, I think sacrifice mm-hmm. um, or be willing to sacrifice. So that's probably one thing. Um, that's probably like a common theme, I think, in most of the mm-hmm. stuff we talked about. Yeah. Eric Thomas as well. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so that's like, that's a common theme. Be willing to sacrifice um, whether you like it or not. Um, being open-minded and willing to learn is probably like uh, number two. Okay. So you, when I say that, it's like you, you just have to be open-minded to know that you're not right. Because if you go, oh, I'm right on this all the time, chances are you're not. Yeah. Like, you, you can't be right all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why if I interview someone and you know, say, oh, I came aboard with this, I'm like, hey, I'm open-minded. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, yeah, I might be from Cambridge, but I didn't go to Cambridge. Yeah. So tell me whatever, like, I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I would say, um, it's a toss-up between consistency yeah it can do four uh consistency and like positivity i guess like but the positivity i would say almost i don't say like delusional i think the consistency is more important because there will be times when positivity is lacking but the consistency needs to stay yeah you've got to be consistent so like you know you're not saying you have to do 150 percent every day no but if you can do 80 or 75 percent effort every day yeah yeah that's much better than someone comes in on Monday and does 100% you know, work really hard and the next day tapers off towards yeah, the Friday you know, and tapers off by yeah. Tuesday yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. or Wednesday but like yeah so that so consistency it, that's what I always say like, like the gym I'm sure you, you tell other people mm-hmm. the same thing the hardest bit isn't the training the hardest bit isn't the diet the hardest bit is doing it every day mm-hmm. like anyone, yeah, anyone go to the gym for January mm-hmm. no problem but it's like when it comes to February the gym's free again mm-hmm. so it's um yeah it's that's probably one of the other things i'd say is consistency but not to the detriment that makes you unhappy <clears throat> so you, you see again you see people that go to the gym let's say really strict diet while that's fun and that's you know that's nice but if you don't enjoy it what, like, what are you doing mm-hmm. so you need you need to be consistent but I guess consistently happy with it because um, otherwise you're just going to give up you know motivation is going to dip uh, or worse you're going to carry on doing this thing that you don't really want to do and you're going to be miserable yeah um, most people run businesses and are miserable they're consistent they turn yeah. up every day but they hate yeah. it um, and that positivity is going to drive people away for sure mm-hmm. I would say Sorry, not the positivity, negativity. Negativity. The negativity will push people away. You know, if you went to, I don't know, let's say you went to a hairdresser's mm-hmm. or a barber's, and that person was miserable mm-hmm. every single time. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they did you know, eight to eight every day, mm-hmm. but if they're miserable and they're like, oh, this is rubbish, this is crap, oh, the roof's broke, oh, mm-hmm. like someone drove into my, into my car, negative, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this doesn't work, all the time you go, 
you know, it's going to it's going to it's going to rub off. But if someone was positive, and like you know, every single day, again, that's going to be one of those things. It's like yeah, oh, this is great. Mm. But again, again, actually, it's quite funny. Hairdresser, barber, you don't want to go to one that's um, rubbish, are you? No. You want one that's consistently good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to get you get one bad haircut, you're not going back. Oh no, no, no. especially if you care about your hair. So, so I'm over your haircut as well. But um, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I am too. I've got to get one before this talk next week. Otherwise, I'm going to look mm. silly on stage. I wanted to get one today, but like, Barbara took day off. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah, she doesn't don't take days off. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but you should have days off. Manage your stress and enjoy life because it's too short to, to worry about it. And I think that's a perfect place to end. Great. Thank you so much. It's been emotional.